And hello, sports fans of the Rio Grande Valley, and welcome to another episode of the South Texas Board of Sports Podcast. Don't forget, we drop episodes every Monday on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. Don't forget, we're also available on other platforms such as Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and of course, my personal favorite, the Spotify page. Folks, uh, being that this is uh, close to the end of the year, I'm probably going to have a couple of more episodes of to wrap up the this year. I'll probably take a couple of weeks off from podcasting to uh, recover and spend time with my family for the holiday season. And we'll be back approximately the first or second week of the new year to bring you uh, hopefully better guests um, and bringing you some more sports content when it comes to the Rio Grande Valley and the regional sports world. But on to this week's episode, I would like to welcome in. He is one of the members of Texas Valley Sports. He has started his own youth football team, his own development team called the Alamo Silverbacks, and they are also an active member of Texas Valley Sports. He is Trey Johnson. Trey, welcome. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule, and thanks for joining in. No problem at all. It's an honor to be here. Excellent, excellent. So, Trey, one of the first questions I've got to ask you, uh, when did you get yourself involved in football, and what and what drives you to continue being a high-volume, high-percentage uh, type guy out there on the trenches? <laughs> well, um, I guess, I mean, I started with Little League football uh, many years ago. Um, and I basically played every position that was out there. Started as a DN, went to linebacker, quarterback, to running back. And that was pretty much my my position all the way up into high school. But uh, as I got older, and bigger and slower, uh, defensive line just <laughs> just seemed like a better fit for me because I understand the, the concept of it. So, um, you know, I, I guess my footwork as a running back helps me uh, in the trenches. You know, as being a D lineman, I know how to use power. I know how to use my footwork. So um, it's the next best thing for me to do to continue to play in the game as long as I have. And, you know, you started the Alamo Silverbacks uh, uh, a club or, or football team, and now you've started to, uh, I guess, to uh, like, a, like a development team type of, uh, per se, to, for the younger kids and everything. Uh, what, what's been your favorite part about starting that off and getting that off the ground? <laughs> favorite part? <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't think I've gotten to it yet, but. Um, I mean, my biggest thing, like I, I saw here in Alamo uh, in particular, well, even before I was in Alamo, when I actually first came to the Valley, I, I saw a lot of disturbing things as far as like middle school football, even in high school football. Um, and you kind of meet us uh, when I first moved back here in 04, uh, I noticed that none of the linemen could bench 225. And... In my high school, I was already benching 405. We had guys benching more than that. And that was just like the requirements to get to college. Like, 
you had to be able to lift X amount of weight. We would go to uh, Texas Southern University, uh, University of Houston, um, and we had these colleges, uh, coaches, and players kind of like letting us know what to expect on the next level. And, um, you know, I've had my dabble in, uh, what is it, opportunity to try to go play, you know, arena, not arena, but uh, Canadian ball. Uh, I was trying out for the NFL. Um, so I, I looked at some of the things that um, I was exposed to compared to what they exposed to down here. And uh, it was just a big concern for me. It was a really big concern. And then, you know, start playing down here. Um, things were a little bit different, but um, from like, like from my point of view, uh, starting like the youth program, is I really wanted to help these kids get to the next level and be successful on the next level. So it'd be easier for the high school and middle school coaches um, because I just seen so much, um, what is it? Not, it's just- Toxicity. Yes. Like it's, it's just, it's just been horrible. Especially in the middle school um, level where they have, they have coaches or baseball coaches or track coaches who are filling in and really don't know a lot about football. And I mean, it's, it's just horrible for uh, middle school uh, coaches who do take it serious because, you know, they don't have the help. And, um, and I believe, I truly believe with these little league football uh, teams and organizations, especially like uh, Taifa, uh, it's a very competitive league and that's what the kids need. They need something competitive. Uh, I don't know if I could say this or not, but like um, Parks and Rex is not very competitive. And you have programs and leagues out there that are like that. And it teaches kids bad habits, a lot of bad habits. And then they go to middle school and they have these bad habits. And the coaches just have a lot on their plate. But when you have a very competitive league um, that pushes these kids to be better and actually know the sport, it helps them once they get to middle school. And by the time they get to high school, uh, they should be on a level where everything is a lot smoother, you know, for the coaches. So that's been my whole uh, point of starting it because I've seen it, especially in Alamo, even other cities too, but right now my main focus is Alamo. I've seen a great need for um, teaching these kids at a very young age before they get to middle school and high school. Yeah, and w one of the things, I mean, for me, uh, I grew up in this region, and even uh, when I, I've gone to, like, a lot of high school football games and and seeing how things were run and, and, and everything like that, I, for me, it was just kind of hard to be a 2-plus-2-type a two uh, model when I would see these uh, programs. And for me, I, I kind of drove myself out of the – high school programs because it's uh, it's more of a me over we type uh, environment and that's just something that I, I'm just not used to uh, yeah. seeing yeah and and I will ask you this you know uh, having a short amount of time uh, doing the the youth programs and even doing uh, stuff for for TBS what is kind of like that missing link do you think that there's uh, that there is missing to try to get 
everything rolling together? Um, from the player's point of view, I, I think it's commitment. Like, um, I, I think a lot of the younger generation, are, they don't have that sense of commitment, uh, the work ethics that was put in from, you know, uh, athletes of my era. <laughs> Uh, it was very, when we went to practice, we know we was going to work and it was no sugar coat and it was no holding your hands. There was no mom to save you. There was no dad to save you. Uh, and, it, and basically, you know, from, from where I come from, sports was almost a way out of, um, a bad lifestyle. You know, uh, I grew up in the projects and, um, you know, coming from a single parent household, um, my enjoyment was out playing football. Like, um, even like I tell my kids now, like the things that they cry about, the things that they complain about, we would never go home and tell my mom, hey, I, I hurt my finger. I, you know, I think I dislocated my shoulder or something like that. Because if we told our parents that, they was like, oh, well, you can't go play, you know. Um, we we would just you know had that mindset that hey like no matter what it is i gotta go out there and fight for it you know if i get hurt that's part of the game we understood that aspect uh same way the coaches i mean even from little league they would rip they would rip us like they would they would get on our butts i i know some practices we would you know um run you know for two hours if we messed up or something like that like they would really get on us. And nowadays you see a lot of kids where, you know, they make a mistake and the parents are, you know, defending the kids, you know, hey, no, my let my kid play and this, that, and the other. Uh, I think that really hurt um, the kids. Or, You're not going to play my kid. I'm not going to be bringing them to practice. You know, that, that type of mentality is uh, weakening the kids from, uh, performing to their best because they have mom and dad protecting them from, you know, from the coaches. And, and and then from a coach's point of view, you have some coaches that just shows favoritism, you know, like, you know, I, I know this parent, so I'm going to play this kid. And it's not in all cases, but there are some cases where kids that should not be starting or getting as much playing time, you know, coach have showed favoritism and, you know, the better kid is not playing. So um, it, it's not just one problem. I say per se, it's 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 it comes from both sides. It comes from the coach, and it also comes from the players as well. Um, and and that's what I've seen, especially with the kids. Like I talk to my parents before the season, and I let them know this is not Parks and Recs. You know, everybody have to fight for their their playing time, and um, they have to get it. You know, uh, and I also tell them, you know, if I punish their kids, if I get on their kids, they need to accept it because as long as I'm getting on them, that means I'm giving them an opportunity. The moment I stop yelling at them and I stop getting on them, that's the moment where um, they need to be worried because I'm not concerned about them enough to uh, put them in the game or to work with them. So uh, I talk to my parents and I let my parents know, you know, this, this is what it is. And 
when I'm not getting what I, I want out of the kids, I also talk to the parents and let them know, hey, this is what I'm trying to work with him on. If he doesn't get it, he's not going to make it. But it also carries on. You can see it in, in some of the young adults, too, <clears throat> you know, uh, from the men's team, you know, uh, they're used to not having going to practice and still play. They're used to, you know, uh, that type of mentality where, oh, where you need me, you know. So it, it makes it hard to coach when you have uh, that mentality from a player, from any from any age group, because I've seen it from, you know, four year, well, five year olds all the way up to you know twenty some year olds. So that's 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 kind of hard to deal with. You know, you know, you 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 bring up the young adults and the aspect of, of growing up and maturing and and stuff like that, but. Uh, just switching over the topic uh, to TVS specifically now, I I wanted to ask you. You know, you you've been you you've been a a league veteran for a while now, and yeah. and you started a, of course the Alamo Silverbacks as well with that. What well, what's been the the big the big key for you to have this uh, type of a uh, continuity and having your sons on your own team? Well. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think in the beginning, you know, my, my, both of my sons, they believed in, um, what I was bringing to the table. Um, Josh, he, he had never played in TBS and, you know, he wanted to come down and had an opportunity to play with his dad. And, you know, um, it, it was a great, and then, uh, Anthony, same thing. Once he graduated, he was ready to play. So we, we had that, um, that that bond and you know they really believed in me um i believe what i brought to the table uh anthony he he kind of got to see uh what i had to go through uh from my first year in tvs all the way up until i started my own team um and he he know a lot of people here in the valley they knew me about football even before tvs with you know the 11 man leagues uh, and they would tell Anthony, you know, and Josh, you know, hey, your dad is good. And Josh actually actually played with me uh, before TVS and 11 man. And everybody would tell him, you know, uh, what I brought to the table, basically, you know, uh, like you say, being a veteran and, and an older player in the league, because uh, I am 40, 43. So, you know, it's 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 hard, I guess, to compete knowing that you like got 20 years on most of the players you're playing up against. Uh, but I'm still able to compete at a high level. At least I think I am. Uh, no matter, you know, if I'm on offense or defense and my kids see that and they see the knowledge that I have uh, with football as well. So I think I gained a lot of respect with them uh, on that issue. You know, you talk about the level of respect and, and, and having these uh, core values and, 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 and leadership skills, but um, do, do you ever think that they're, that you stop for a moment and, and think that, you know, may, maybe continue running this like uh, more from a front office level and try to just keep everything afloat while not playing for, for a bit, like just uh, let, let yourself rest up for a bit despite not having enough bodies or or anything to to that uh, multitude where you're just like solely just 
uh, focused uh, so much more on the back end rather than the front end stuff? Well, yeah, actually, that's that's the goal for this season coming in. Um, like I talked to my players, uh, I talked to, you know, my wife and everything. And, you know, I decided like, yes, I'm, I'm actually hanging up my cleats. So I won't be playing this coming season. Um, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty much, I think I'm done, uh, as bad as I want to play, but I, I really want this organization to, um, to go to the next level. Um, the only reason why I continue to play as long as I did, I believe, is only because I won a championship with the Texas Rough Riders uh, up in Houston. And when I came down here, my goal was to win another championship here in the Valley. And, you know, we, I came close so many times and it's just heartbreaking. And um, the opportunity to play with my sons was there the first year. And then after that, I was like, you know, hey, we have the team to win. I want to win a championship on the field, not as a as a coach or, or owner. But um, like right now, I think um, that 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 window is passed, and it's just time for me to realize that you know, hey, it's time for me to hang it up, and you know, let the youngsters play and focus on them and building the organization the way that I I, I had planned for it to go in the get go. So. Um, that's that's the plan for the new season is, you know, just uh, coaching. Um, if I get a good staff that, you know, I can, uh, that can be on the same page with me, you know, I'll sit back and let them coach. Uh, but right now I'm back into uh, being the head coach again. And, and what, what kind of quality traits do you look to assemble your staff on. I mean, I, I know you're a man of, of principle and values, but what yeah. are some of the things that you want to just uh, build your organization around? Like what what kind of traits and qualities do you want to have from your staff? Well, I mean, being knowledgeable is one thing. Um, and that's that's great. Uh, I, I, diverse, being very diverse, I think is uh, one of the things that I look for is first, uh, uh, but also um, being able to be, uh, I guess, adapt, being able to adapt to the situation. Um, one thing that I noticed here in the Valley, you know, from, you know, high school coaches, uh, some TBS coaches, um, and just in general, that they're one dimensional, they have one game plan, they have one playbook, they have one way of playing football and that's it. And unfortunately, um, I think you need to be a little bit diverse because you never know what, what skill sets of players you have. And if your uh, way of your coaching, you don't have the players with that skill set, your coaching is not going to work for those type of players. So, um, that's one of the things that, you know, and even for myself, like I say, I'm old school. I believe in old school tendencies, but I've had to change some things just because the mindset of some of the players are not, um, they can't handle um, me going 100% old school values and morals. So I have to kind of change and adapt in a way that I can still hold 
those things that I believe in and um, structure and everything according to the youngsters to get them to believe first. Because sometimes, you know, now now it's more of like, okay, what can I give them that they can trust me as a coach, you know, or as an owner of an organization that the decisions that I'm making for the team is, is what's best, you know, from play calling, from, you know, any aspect, uh, everything that I'm doing is for the best of the team. Um, and, and also letting them know we are a team. Because I think right now, a lot of players, um, how I always pictured the Dallas Cowboys for many years is that they get a lot of great players, but they're not team players. They're more about uh, individuals. You know, it's all about me, how much money I can get, how much I can shine on game day so I can go to the next team. You know, and here we don't get paid, but, you know, I see a lot of it as well. It's like, you know, hey, I'm the best DB. I'm the best receiver. I'm the best running back but are you the best team player? You know, uh, you can be the best running back, but if you don't have an offensive line, uh, how good are you? You know, and, and vice versa, you can be the best offensive line, but if you don't have a running back and a quarterback, how good are you? And trying to get the players to be team, be a, a unit, is the key thing um, that I, I try to work on and try to, get these players to believe in is uh, being a team and taking everything as a team. So uh, I know I'm very direct and blunt with my players and with, pretty much with everybody. Um, I like to have fun, but when it's time to come get to business, like, you know, I get to business and a lot of times I'm a little bit too blunt and, you know, that rubs people the wrong way. So I, I try to uh, soften up like, as much as I can, but still standing my ground. I don't know if that you understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. As I'm being joined by Trey Johnson, uh, the founder of the Alamo Silverbacks, a member of Texas Valley Sports. Uh, Trey, just a couple of more questions, and and I'll let you free. But mm-hmm. you know how much being the old school uh, type philosophy guy. How much have you had to like study? and adjust yourself to the new style of this uh, football game, whether it's 11-man, 8-man. How much uh, how much time do you take to really adapt and adjust yourself to, I, I guess, the new habits that they're uh, putting in schematically, offensively, and defensively? Um, it's, it's, it's a lot. Because, <laughs> I mean... Everybody kind of like saw us the first season where, you know, we had 16 players, you know, pretty much the whole season and we made it to a championship with that. Um, but as a coach, when you only have, you know, eight players showing up to practice, you know, it's very hard to be old school with eight players. Um, what I, again, like what I try to do is, is to get the players to believe and trust that I knew what I was doing. And yes, I spent hours upon hours upon hours, I mean, uh, studying uh, the opponents, but also trying to realize the uh, strengths of the players that we had. Uh, I, I think that's my strength is finding out my weaknesses, you know, as a, as, as a person, as a team, um, and hiding it. 
and capitalizing on our strengths. Um, that's that's what I mostly focus on. You know, everything else, like, you know, I don't care how good another team is uh, or what their record is or whatever it is. You know, like I've always tell everybody, if we can, we can uh, cut out our mistakes, you know, we're, we're unstoppable. And, you know, we've, we've proven that, like, over and over again, you know, uh, with me being as head coach, that, you know, cutting out the mistakes, you know, everybody knew, hey, we got to play the silverbacks. You know, the only thing that killed us was majority of the time was the mistakes. A few games, you know, we got gassed, but, you know, ultimately we, we just made too many mistakes. And then once I was able to cut those mistakes out, I mean, we, we show what we can actually do. So, I mean, that's, that's my biggest thing. It's just, it's just cutting out mistakes. Absolutely. Trey, I just got to ask you a couple of, uh, just this last one, where can people follow you on social media aside from your uh, Facebook pages, which is almost over backs. And of course, uh, being the outgoing person that you are on Facebook. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have um, uh, my, my fitness page, uh, Instagram, complete fitness. Uh, my, my personal page, Trey Johnson and the Alamo silverbacks page. And I started a TikTok, but I, I rarely use that. But that was, that's the only thing I really use. Uh, again, because I'm old school. I, I, I haven't learned how to use Twitter. Um, I don't know what else is out there. You know, uh, you can subscribe to my OnlyFans if you want to. But <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I run all three at, at times. I run Instagram. I run Twitter. And of course, on Facebook and of course, the podcast page at anchor.fm forward slash STBS. Trey, I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight. Um, I appreciate everything and uh, good luck this upcoming season. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on here. All right. Thanks. Hello, sports fans. Thanks for listening to another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. This is your host, Ray Silva. Be tuned next week for another great episode as we drop podcasts every Monday here on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. Don't forget, our podcast can also be found via Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, and Spotify. Thanks for listening.